Hi everyone. Unfortunately, you're all just stuck with me this week. Um, Maddie had a prior commitment, so she couldn't be here with us today. Don't worry though, she's not getting out of listening to this week's story because as usual, I do have to share in my trauma. But anyway, this should be a pretty short episode, so let's get right to it. Um, My name's Sonia, and welcome to Grimm. Okay, so this week we're back to true crime in Europe, um, and we're going to be talking about a woman who was known as Dagmar Overby. Um, I believe she's Dutch. She was born in Denmark, so I'm going to just apologize again right now for my lack of pronunciation skills. I really hope I don't butcher any of these names. So Dagmar Johan Emily Overby was born in a small town in Denmark called Ostendruppen on April 23rd, 1887. And she, as you can probably imagine from the content of this podcast, was a serial killer. So she learned about being a criminal really early on in life. Um, Her parents, Sean and Anne-Marie Overby, were farmers and they actually didn't have a lot of money. So she grew up kind of stealing, I guess, more than something like, say, focusing on your education. When she was 12 years old, she was caught stealing this purse. Um, And her parents, I guess, didn't really want to deal with that anymore or deal with her anymore. So they sent her away to Funen to go work for this other family. So she basically ended up helping out on their farm and, you know, doing things like the cooking and the cleaning and laundry. Um, And she would also help out with actual farm things like milking the cows and everything. Um, So this family actually ended up paying her about $10 a month for her work. I guess that's how the conversion works out. Um, And then she ended up actually leaving shortly after that um, and going to work as a servant in some other homes on the island. Um, This, it really didn't do anything to discipline her per se, and she started stealing things again. Um, She ended up being caught one too many times and was sent into a woman's prison for about 10 days. I think it was like in the hopes that that would sort of teach her right from wrong. Um, When she got out of prison, she worked for a while as a waitress And during this time when she was working as a waitress, she fell in love with a man and had a child with him. Unfortunately, they ended up splitting up. um, And shortly after they split up, their child died. Um, The coroner report stated that it was due to pneumonia. Um, During the autopsy, though, it was actually reported that the child had blue lips and it kind of looked like choking. Um, but like the official report did say that it was pneumonia. Then in 1912, she met a man called Jan Sorensen Fien, and they fell in love, but at the time she was pregnant with another man's child. And I think this would have been bad for Jan because he wouldn't have, like, it wouldn't have been his kid. The kid would have born, born out of wedlock and everything, so it just was a really bad situation for um, him and also for, for her. 
So when she had her daughter, um, she named her Arena and gave her up for adoption. Then she was basically free and clear to be with Yan. So she ended up becoming pregnant with his child. And then he requested that she have an abortion. And she refused to have one and had a son shortly after. But she didn't really want this child, so she ended up leaving him in a haystack. So just one bad thing after another. She really never should have left that kid in a haystack. Like That was really not a good situation. Unfortunately, Yun told her that he would never marry her, even despite the fact that like they had a child together. And after this, she attempted suicide. She didn't end up dying, and actually, after that, found her daughter that she gave up before and took her back and then moved to Copenhagen. In Copenhagen, she wanted to start a new life, so she opened up her own business, which, you know, I understand that. I feel like that's something that is always an option for most people. Um, and it was a sweet shop at first, which, like, she was pretty good at that, I guess. And when she was still working at the sweet shop, she met a man called Svensson. And the three of them kind of moved to an apartment together. So this is her, Svensson, and then her daughter. Unfortunately, the sweet shop failed to make enough money, so she had to start up a new business. And during a seven-year period from 1913 to 1920, after the sweet shop closed down, she murdered nine and possibly more children. She was very sad. Um, what she ended up doing was transforming this sweet shop into what I would call like childcare, but more of in an adoption sense. Um, so what happened, what kind of precipitated this was that she read an article in one of the newspapers about this family who were paid 500 kroner to adopt a baby. So she decided to like make money, but do so with an unofficial adoption agency. Um, she would help families who had children who, um, and they didn't want their children anymore, so she would take those children and like find those children and families who wanted to adopt children. Um, so basically she would take the child and get paid and not ask any questions. So it was a really good option for young mothers who had no choice when it came to pregnancy. You know, if they, if they didn't want to abort their child, it was a good option for them. They could just pay someone to take their kid. Um, and it was kind of illegal to have an abortion at that time. So like women who were um, either unable to have kids or had them out of wedlock in cases such as adultery or rape. Like they would need a place to be able to either have kids or give their children up. So it was a really good lucrative business for her. So they would just end up giving newborn babies to her, you know, babies that they, they don't have any means of defending themselves. They're really just helpless. But unfortunately for the women who really just wanted to give their kids a better life, they would, they would give their kids to a murderer. Um, 
Yeah, so she would either strangle them, drown them, or even burn them to death in a masonry heater that she had. And then she either cremated them, buried them, or hid them in the loft. So she saw an ad from 26-year-old Resmin Christine Jensen, who had given birth to a baby boy out of wedlock and was looking for, um, for someone to adopt him. And on April 15th, 1916, she gave her baby boy to Dagmar Overby. And she paid her 12 kroners, which was the money that the father gave her to have the child. Um, and Jensen said that she would pay 12 kroner a month for her to take care of this three-week-old baby who she named Harry. And then as soon as she left, Overby took the baby for a walk in his pram before strangling him and dumping his body in a public toilet at the local cemetery. His body was found three days later by cleaners. And she definitely could have continued killing for longer than she did, because um, this was kind of her routine. She would take the kid, take the money, kill the kid, and keep the money. And a lot of these young mothers didn't really want to know what happened after that. They were like, my job is done, you know? Like, I'm giving my baby to someone who's gonna find them a loving home, and they're gonna be fine. They were doing what they thought was the responsible thing at the time. And she just kind of kept on getting away with it. And that was until Caroline Agson put an ad in the paper for someone to adopt her child. The ad said, quote, adoption parents wanted a little girl at three weeks, preferably a Christian home with lots of care and presence, ticket number 234, end quote. Um, Overby responded to this ad, and on August 30th, 1920, she brought her baby girl over to Overby's apartment with some money, and then left her child with Overby. So basically, her situation was that her parents were Christian, and they were very ashamed that she had a baby out of wedlock, so they said that they needed to put her up for adoption. And when she found this adoption agency, and when Overby promised to find a good home for the kid, she thought it was great, you know. Overby said that she was like an intermediary and um, would kind of keep the kid until she found the right home. And that this would usually take about a week or two. And Agustin thought that this was a really good option, especially since she, she had nothing else. So she paid Overby 200 kroner, which was basically a year of wages that she paid Overby for this one, one day, you know? Like, she gave up a year of her wages because she wanted her child to have a better home. And the next day, Agustin thought, thought about it, you know, and she realized that she wanted to give having a child a chance. So she went back to Overby and basically said that she regretted her decision and that she wanted to have her child back. But Overby said that the child had already been adopted and that she couldn't remember the address that she had left the child at. And Agassin thought this was incredibly strange because it had literally been a single day. 
So as, as a young mother would who doesn't know her child is, she got really suspicious and told the police, which was definitely the right thing to do because it turned out that that very day when Agatha brought her the child, Overby threw her in the oven. Um, the police searched her apartment and ended up finding Agatha's baby's clothing and also some of her remains in the oven. Um, like, I think they found some of her bones and her skull were still intact. And they also discovered really incriminating evidence, like the cupboards were filled with burnt bone fragments. Overby ended up confessing to 16 murders. She ended up being convicted of nine of them. And those nine murders included her own kids because there just wasn't enough proof for the others that they thought she committed. After she was arrested, this is really, really upsetting. Um, there were more than 180 children who were reported missing and thought to have been brought through her quote-unquote baby farm. This number of 180 children was actually probably inflated since there were a lot of people who wanted to cover up their own crimes involving like their kids that they just couldn't afford to take care of. Um, yeah, which is, which is really unfortunate that so many kids definitely were just brought through her life and she killed all of them. Um, her lawyer based her case on her being abused as a child, but the judge just really wasn't buying it, which, you know, makes a lot of sense because I feel like you, you can have trauma, but you can't inflict that trauma on other people. That's just a really cruel thing to do. Um, so, yeah, luckily the judge wasn't buying it, but, you know, she really didn't have a choice to commit these crimes. Um, on March 3rd, 1920, she was sentenced to death in one of the most publicized and noted trials in Danish history. She was actually one of only three women in the 20th century to be sentenced to death. And at her trial, the detectives also testified that they had found pictures of 20 naked children who they thought she killed. Despite this, her sentence was later commuted or pardon to life in prison because the monarch Christian X despised the death penalty for women. Um, he said, quote, we don't put our women to death, end quote. And the two others who I mentioned, like there were three women who were sentenced to death. The two others were also pardoned from the death penalty. They just spent life in prison. She died on May 6th, 1929, when she was 42 years old. Apparently, she had a condition known as prison psychosis, which is a dissociative disorder or mental disturbance that was brought on by imprisonment. It is often characterized by pseudo-hallucinations, mild delusions, and paranoid trends. Okay, so I know that story wasn't as fun without Maddie being here, but um, that is the story of Dagmar Overby. Um, yeah, really a very upsetting case just because you would think better of women um, and their own kids, but sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. Um, this trial actually changed the legislation on childcare 
um, quote-unquote unwanted children were actually considered the government's responsibility after this. So kind of stopping the whole um, letting people take money for kids. Um, and then the Danish government passed a law in 1923 that required public houses to be built for foster children. So there was just a little bit of good that came out of this. Hopefully, um, like foster children were able to find actual homes after all of this. Um, it is still a very upsetting case. And um, yeah, I really hope that all of those children like finally at least found some rest after that because a lot of them were newborn babies and definitely didn't have any idea what was happening, which is absolutely heartbreaking. Okay, um, I realize now what a weird transition it is for Maddie to have to go into like life updates or whatever after like a really hard case, but um, yeah. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. If you made it to the end and you liked our episode, um, you can follow us on Instagram where we post a bunch of updates every week about episodes that we've covered. We might actually start doing the try to guess the next episode because I really enjoyed doing that. And I might have a little bit more time in the summer to like keep up with everything, which would be very nice. So make sure to follow us on Instagram. You can DM us questions, comments, concerns, cases you want us to cover. You can also email us from our Instagram page. Please email us. We have a lot of spam and would love to hear from some actual people. Um, if you listen to our podcast on any of the streaming platforms, which how else would you listen, please leave us a good review. We'd really appreciate it. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We haven't really been able to update those because we don't know how to use Facebook or Twitter yet, but we're working on it, I promise. And other than that, um, I just really hope that you guys have a great rest of your week and tune in next week for some more chill paranormal stories, which are actually my favorite and I'm excited to share them with you all. All right. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you all next week. Bye.